Welcome to the podcast where heavy industrial industries meet the venture capital ecosystem, interviewing both thought-leading investors and pioneering founders to better understand the opportunities and challenges that lie ahead for digital industrial innovation. Your host is Ty Finley, and this is the Heavy Hitters Podcast. Ram Jambunathan joins us today from San Francisco. Ram is a SAP Senior Vice President and General Manager of SAP.io, where his portfolio of activities are focused on investing, accelerating, and building new growth business avenues for SAP. Before joining SAP, Ram was a management consultant at McKinsey. Prior to that, he was in the startup arena as a co-founder of T-Networks, that's now part of Broadcom. And Ram began his career as a technical R&D member at Lucent Technologies. Rama has invested in several well-known digital pioneers, including Shipio, Big Idea, Asura, Sedna, and Crosscheck. Ram, it's uh, it's been far too long since we teamed up with Jenny Fielding and the TechStars crew on their uh, industrial IoT accelerator back in the day. It's great to have you on the Heavy Hitters. Oh, and it's great to be here. Thanks, Ty. It's a real privilege uh, to join you today, and and thanks for the very kind introduction. Um, excited to to, to participate. Right on. Well, I, it was a brief snapshot. Ram, give us more color and walk us through your background that has ultimately led you into your current role uh, leading SAP.io. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess I've had a, a career which is maybe a nonlinear path for somebody who is, you know, kind of in a software role today around that's in software innovation, given that I actually started my career in fiber optics and, and telecom back at at, at Lucent and Bell Labs, and really at that point, figuring out you know how to build you know the elements of the networks that were going to power the future of you know communications and the internet, right? And how to you know pump more information down fiber optic cables faster. And I was was in that role because I'd done a PhD in that very area, um, and you know, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do next when I joined Lucent, but it happened to be something which was akin to, you know, what I, the research I had done. So I said, hey, this is a good place to start. So the role there was to really understand how to take things that were proof of concepts or even just, you know, uh, new ideas and put them into a high volume, low cost uh, manufacturing environment. So taking, ideas and then being able to scale them dramatically, right? Which of course is the theme now today in software. So after, you know, a few years of doing that, I, you know, got kind of a bit of an entrepreneurial itch, um, was just fascinated by everything that went into building a company. So myself and uh, a few uh, friends and colleagues of mine went out to, to go raise money, right? And we ended up raising capital from some of the leading venture capitalists uh, in the space, including Sequoia and Greylock and U.S. Venture Partners, and you know went off to build a company. And that you know when we think about what building infrastructure you know meant then, especially you know if you were in the software arena, you were basically building your own your own infrastructure in the form of servers or uh, housing your own, you're basically building your own data centers. You weren't renting scale like you are today. In the um, fiber optics arena, what we were required to do is build our own fab. So we actually built our own wafer fabrication facility 
uh, retrofitted a warehouse, just totally reconverted that into an offices, uh, semiconductor facility and, you know, manufacturing and packaging. And we called it like basically gases in packages out that would ultimately go into fiber optic networks. Right. And so we were, you know, we, 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 we grew the business and then ultimately were acquired and that then became part of Broadcom, uh, where the, actually the products that we made then are still, you know, nearly 20 years later are, um, you know, still in production today, which is actually, I think, a testament to uh, many of the, of, the, of the work that we did, right? And one of the things you're always gratified by is, is impact. So what we were we were acquired, um, and then I was thinking about what I wanted to do next. And uh, when you make fiber optic devices, you're at the bottom of the food chain. And so um, you and I and I and you know I wanted to get an understanding of how decisions were made at a different level. And so I you know was recommended that I go into management consulting. And I had no idea what consulting was other than engineering consulting, where you give somebody specifications and you come back with a design, right? And then you, uh, uh, and and so I thought management consulting, this is crazy, you know, I have, and, and, but lo and behold, I went into this arena where basically you're selling change and impact, not like, you know, again, a, an actual product, or I didn't feel it was a product, my introduction to services. And uh, I joined McKinsey and was there for about three years leading projects in the telco, tech and telco arena. Um, you know, be, leveraging a lot of what I knew from uh, engineering and, and telco standpoint from my time in, in fiber optics. And gradually got exposed to new areas where, uh, including, um, say, data center uh, operations, data center consolidation, virtualization, um, and ultimately, um, enterprise software. And you know, at that point, this was like you know, in the 2008-2009 timeframe, I uh, you know realized well, software is eating the world. You know, this is what you know wanted, wanted what I'm interested in. And um, I also wasn't interested in being probably a partner at a consulting company. I was probably interested in more at that time more interested in being a something around a, an innovator again. So I left. Uh, to go start another company uh, with a with a colleague of mine um, in the drone arena and drone analytics, uh, really trying to think about well, there's a lot of information being collected by drones. We there's probably a way to mine that information, right? Thinking about from the software side. Unfortunately, we were a little bit early to that space, so not every entrepreneurial journey ends up being successful. And so, um, you know, we we were bootstrapping it. We tried to get it off the ground. Uh, before we were going to raise any money, we decided that, you know, again, being able to, it wasn't like, you know, fast forward five years later and you have all these prosumer drones. We end up, you know, uh, having to try to work with the, the, the challenging uh, uh, large, you know, defense manufacturers when it comes to drones at that time who were, you know, really in a position to give us access to APIs and the data that we wanted. So realized this might, you know, you can't, you can't change the market and, you um, you know, we weren't going to bang our heads against the wall too long. So, you know, we ended up, okay, well, let's, let's try something else. And at that same time, SAP reached out to me and said, Hey, based on your background, you might be, you might be a fit for what we're doing here at SAP when it comes to, you know, changing the future of enterprise software. 
Um, and that's how I ended up being at SAP. I happened to be in the Philadelphia area. A few people know that SAP's, you know, North American headquarters are just outside of Philadelphia in a town called Newtown Square. And so I was like, hey, this is actually an interesting opportunity for me. It happens to be going to the largest enterprise um, applications company in the world, you know. Uh, and so I joined uh, SAP and this was in mid-2009. And that's where I've, you know, been since in a variety of roles, uh, ranging from working in the field to working with some of SAP's you know, largest, most strategic customers and helping them understand the value of SAP solutions to running various swaths of corporate strategy to then helping instantiate this business unit called SAP.io. So that's been my journey. Again, again, a, a bit of a meandering one. Uh, it, I think it shows that, um, you know, it, you know, you just pick up things along the way that that need, so even doesn't matter where you start. Uh, as long as you think you can pick up kind of interesting learnings and tidbits along the way that can help you propel you to where you want to go. So certainly, and I think it's a perfect background to uh, lend into exactly what you're doing at SAP.io, where you have a lot of sympathy and had hands on at the startup level. So um, maybe with that, jumping forward here, I, I think everyone's familiar with SAP. But can you set the stage for our listeners about your efforts at SAP.io specifically? maybe when and why it was started, and then maybe a little bit of color on the subset of various uh, SAP.io programs and focus areas that you're involved with that are related to this audience around digital industrial innovation. Yeah, so cer certainly. You know, um, we like to say at SAP, uh, everything we do starts with our customers and ends with our customers. And I think what we do with IO is no different, right? So, you know, if we think about um, if we think back to like 2015, 2016, where we were starting to kick this idea of instantiating an innovation unit within SAP, we, 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 we looked and first thought about our customers, right? So there were really uh, three key things happening. So first, our customers were, you know, had, you know, had been on these digitization journeys for, you know, years, sometimes decades. Um, and really had, an, and as part of that digitization journey, um, digitizing manual processes, paper-based processes, really got an understanding of how their businesses worked in a different manner because they had access and understanding of how business processes now interlocked or connected. They also had deeper visibility into, say, the data behind the business processes. And so they understood, you know, what was happening in their business, right? So then the, the next step was, well, thinking about what's next. And so the the why or what's going to happen next. So moving from what to why to how. So um, can we move from like, you know, given X, um, you know, predicting what's going to happen in the future and even maybe being more prescriptive about shaping the future, right? And they were coming to SAP as the innovation as say the digitization partner that they had relied on to help, you know, drive their transformations, this term of digital transformation, which is pervasive now. Um, and they were coming to us, you know, and asking for help, right? And saying, what's next? Can you help us? And so, you know, these, that, that was a series of, 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 of um, activities that were happening at the customer level. And then at the same time, when we looked and 
so we, we realized we needed to have kind of, okay, our customers are coming to us asking for help, asking around these, these areas. And then we thought about, well, what is happening? And we saw these key trends happening. You know, if we think about what happened in the, you know, in the past, it, starting in, being in 2015 and then looking what had happened, say, a decade or, or for the, the decade or more prior, we had shifted from, you know, building scale to renting scale. I gave my own personal example of what it was like to build scale. Same thing happened in the software industry where you went from building your own infrastructure to swiping a credit card and getting, you know, scale on demand with AWS, right? Um, we, we think about, you know, um, the trends around uh, platformization uh, of, of building product, right? So a standard way to build product, the emergence of open source, uh, and then coupling that with the API economy that had grown. So now you had access to um, uh, data and business services that weren't previously there. And then, of course, the advent of, of, of technologies like uh, machine learning, right? So there was a confluence of both, of, of mentioned not only the data, but also the emergence of the models and then the hardware to support it. So you had all of these things coming together to help answer these questions that our customers were having. So we we thought, well, what's the best you know we we best way to kind of instantiate this? And you know when we thought about well, we having a, a view to the future is very important to us because now these are all thinking about you know the why and why not only why why is something happening but how do how do we plan as a business to prepare for this on behalf of our customers we need to have that point of view and you know when we think about seeing the future we naturally think about you know emerging innovation which is start startups right so we we realized well we need a, a lens to the future and a view to the future and really when we saw where that that kind of view lens to the future was happening was really in the world of startups. And so we needed to create a path to that. Now, what do we have, you know, and when we thought, well, you know, there's there's two ways to do this. You know, we can tap into the, one way is to tap into the entrepreneurial capabilities of, you know, the 100,000 people at SAP who have business process expertise, who have a view on the future. And so we have, you know, what we call, you know, a, a vast set of entrepreneurs within SAP who can, who are building the future. Um, but we also realize there are, of course, millions of innovators outside of SAP who are also building the future in the external startup ecosystem. So when we thought about what the right way to construct is, we said it's not an either situation, it's an and situation. So SAP.io then is our strategic business unit focused on accelerating innovation and exploring new business models on behalf of our customers to help them continue to succeed uh, in the future by leveraging both this external, tapping into the external startup world, as well as tapping into the business knowledge, the business process expertise of employees at SAP, right? So we have, you know, two parts, which is this external part, which is really focused on working with external startups, the SAP.io foundries. Uh, and then we have a more internal focus part, which you mentioned, the SAPIO Venture Studio, which is focused on building new growth businesses for SAP. At the end, of, we, we lo really look to focus on, you know, 
at the end of the day, delivering customer value in the in the right manner. And so we realize in some cases, SAP is probably maybe more naturally advantaged to deliver that. And in other cases, um, startups are really uh, advantaged to deliver that as well. So for us, it, it's whatever delivers customer success, which is ultimately means it's going to be add more tangible and strategic value back to SAP. And so that's really the, the approach that we take um, when it comes to incubating, accelerating innovation and why we started SAP IO in the first place and launched it back in 2016. Certainly. And, and I've seen it myself, the value add um, into the specific focus areas. And you guys have a very broad mandate, obviously, but you know, in our world of industrials with discrete, such as machinery components, automotive or services industries like transportation or even energy natural resources, the depth that your platform can bring to help these startups and the other ways you're engaging um, is, is really impressive, Ram. And so maybe I'd, I'd ask us to go a, a step further on this discussion of all of the different levers that you have pulled within IO. Um, a topic you and I have discussed a lot about is this evolution of corporate innovation efforts writ large, and they're only more and more surfacing as we speak. So with the IO platform, um, you've activated almost every lever, right? You've got you've had corporate venture investing arm with SAP IO Fund, internal accelerator efforts with SAP IO Foundries. Uh, we were a part of an external accelerator effort when we, again, partnered up with the Techstars Industrial IT cohort. And you even now have the Venture Studio, SAP IO Venture Studio. So in my opinion, that's very progressive and impressive by SAP to pull all of those levers. So the question here, and, and maybe for the other corporate innovation listeners in our audience, how did you guys decide which levers to activate within that broader portfolio? And, and honestly, where are you seeing the most leverage to engage with the earlier stage innovation group after testing them all out? Yeah, so great question. And so I think different areas have a different, uh, serve different needs, right? So let's take the external side first, right? So you mentioned a few things we had done. We, we had we've invested in companies. We, we you know, had partnerships with Techstars. We launched our own series of startup accelerators or scalarators, however you want to call it. Um, and at the heart of everything that we did, that we've done externally, it's around what we call kind of delivering the win-win-win. So um, delivering um, a win for customers. So delivering them uh, significant benefit through startup innovation. Uh, a win for startups by helping them be able to grow and, and scale their business. And then a win for SAP because there's strategic impact that comes back to SAP. You know, for, for customers, it's about finding, it's about solving a need that startups can uniquely bring because they're, you know, um, they can, they're, they're generally focused on solving a very specific problem and doing it very well, which a customer or customers may have. And then of course that customer may have a little, the ability, excuse me, to um, apply a little more influence um, tailored to their specific situation. Um, but, and that complements what their investments they've made in SAP, right? So we really like to work with startups who are going to help, you know, complement the, the investments that, that, that our customers have made in SAP today. The, um, you know, when it comes to the startups, of course, they enjoy the opportunity to meet with 
with with customers, and they also enjoy the opportunities to to integrate with SAP. And I'll talk about that a little bit more. And then when it comes to you know the SAP, the strategic impact, we learn a lot about, of course, trends and insights that are happening, especially when we're playing at a little bit of the early stage. You know, when you play at a more mature stage, it's about um, already capitalizing on trends which may have started several years ago. Um, we wanted, again, a visibility or a lens into the future or what's going to happen next. So that's why earlier stage innovation and focusing there was valuable to us because we need to have insight and, this, and, uh, and an understanding of, you know, where we want to deploy you know, our capital in the future in term, based on where the trends are happening, right? So it helps us understand strategically uh, the bets we want to place and why. You know, and so we, we talk about the, you know, the, the fun side first, where we started investing in startups back in 20, 2017. And at, you know, at that point, you know, we, why did we make investments? Generally, we made investments where we saw there was uh, an opportunity that was strategic to SAP. We wanted to place a signal because we said, hey, if there's more, if we start to signal that this is an interesting area for us, then perhaps other investors will follow suit because at the end of the day, we want to build an ecosystem uh, and we want to make sure that our customers have um, an opportunity to leverage innovation uh, and that will help you know, them meet their needs. And so it's better for us to have more than less. So we would start placing bets in areas that we thought were you know, a little bit distinct, right? So it wasn't meant to be, okay, me too, these... There are other VCs investing in these spaces. We need to invest as well. Versus, hey, we're you know we want to place early bets in areas that we think are going to be important for the future of SAP customers, and that's also going to help us learn, right? And the variety of bets, the, the variety of investments that we've made, um, which you know number more than thirty, uh, were really around signaling. And of course, uh, we also have as SAP. A relationship with Sapphire Ventures, which is more of a growth stage fund, so there is no need for us to, you know, play there in that space. They have already they do a fantastic job of making growth stage investments. For us, it was more strategic to place early stage investments to learn about the future. But that's a but that's a well understood mechanism. I think what's more interesting um, is what we did on the foundry side, which you know we started, which is our approach to accelerating. And you know, creating an ecosystem around SAP's assets. So, the unique, you know, we started and tie with you and, and GE and, and others back in 20, I guess it was 2016, with in the IoT accelerator in New York with TechStars, you know, dipping our toe in, where we, you know, wanted to get a sense of what it was like to accelerate companies and to accelerate startups that could be interesting to SAP. So playing a little bit more of a hands-on role that way. Um, and then we quickly, you know, realized, uh, hey, there's probably a, diff a, a unique way that we can play here a role at scale that's going to meet our needs a little bit better. So what we call startup accelerators today are our foundries for external startups and you know, we 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 do these accelerators for for five key reasons, right? So, you know, we we thought about it and we said, well, we want to create a micro app ecosystem around our core apps again, so our customers can get uh, highly incremental value from the investments they've made or plan to make in 
and SAP solutions. Um, and we felt that, you know, startup solutions could provide that highly incremental value, right? We want to deliver API built innovation to our customers. And so it was really run an API first approach to innovation that, you know, of course allows startups then to leverage uh, and, and enrich the data within SAP's systems. Because of course, just pulling a, for our customer, just pulling data out of their system isn't as interesting as actually having more valuable data back into their systems. Um, we, we wanted to create a curated um, approach to connecting customers with startups because it's, again, it's about relevancy. Our customers are, are I think, bombarded like we are with startups that want to work with them. And, you know, having SAP being, you know, understand not only what's happening in the startup landscape, but also what's happening, what our customer needs are enables us to act as a very effective bridge for the right startups to connect to the right customers. Um, we want, we were differentiating ourselves. So from an openness approach, of course, I talk about open innovation, but I also talk about open platform approaches. So we, we are open in the sense that we our, our approach is to build with SAP, not build necessarily build on SAP. So traditionally, if you look at platform companies, you become more relevant to them, significantly more relevant to them if you're building on their platform, right? Our approach is, we, again, taking the spirit of we want to be customer-centric and ensuring our customers can get the access to the innovations they need. We want to be uh, focused on, let's not let's not you know dwell on what platform they're building on. They're going to build on a hyperscaler platform like AWS or GCP, or they may build on SAP's own business technology platform. Irrespective of that pass, we want to make sure that the integrations are there such that it makes an easy way for startup innovation to integrate into our customer's landscape. So that's what I mean by build with is an API first integration approach versus the runtime that these startups are conceived on, which again is differentiating, I think, different. And then the fifth thing is to create interesting insights back to SAP around our platform, around our APIs, and of course around technology directions, around market directions and so on that's happening in the different industries or in the different lines of business that you mentioned, right? So um, we, and so that's why we started the foundries. Of course, we get this, that we gotta get that type of in interesting learnings from a fund. But what's also unique about the foundries is that, you know, we provide a pretty significant uh, investment in supporting startups um, through mentorship, through opportunities to meet and collaborate with SAP customers, and through support supporting these, these startups to integrate to SAP solutions. Um, but we don't take any equity, so it's equity free. So. I think back to our Techstars time, I might cheekily refer to it as a Techstars-like approach mm -hmm. to innovation for more uh, acceleration for more mature startups without the equity tax, right? So when we said, oh, we will do all of this for you, um, you know, Miss Startup Founder, they were like excited, right? Because they're like, oh, and, and as it turns out, venture capitalists were very excited as well because, you know, the startup <laughs> founders were like, hey, we've been looking for a way to work with SAP. The venture capitalist like, hey, this is great. You're actually going to increase the value of my portfolio company, you know, potentially without taking, you know, 
a bite off from the equity table. Hey, that's fine with me. And then we would they would start to engage us in conversations like, here's my portfolio. Who do you think would be a good company for you to work with? Right. So all of a sudden it gave us dramatic increase in the type of 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 startups that uh, the, the remit of startups that we could potentially work with. Um, because it was seen as a win again for the ecosystem. And as we've learned over time, you need to continually demonstrate value to all of your stakeholders. And one of those stakeholders are the ecosystem participants um, and, and investors. And so now we have nine going on 10 of these foundries um, globally and accelerate, you know, uh, 120 plus startups per year. Um, and last year we were named uh, best uh, corporate startup accelerator globally. So I think it's a testament to the value that we've brought to external startups. So. Uh, Go ahead. I was just going to say, absolutely, Ram. I mean, it's I, the whole narrative here goes back to your comment of taking uh, an and approach as opposed to an either. And whether it's investing or accelerating efforts or the studio, um, I think you guys really have a gold standard. And you even mentioned Sapphire uh, Ventures is a partner there on the growth stage. That broad an aperture, I can only imagine, is paying massive dividends back to you guys. So I'm um, sorry to jump in there, but I just had to give a compliment because I, I think you guys truly are pioneering um, all the angles you could take here. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it's thank you very much. And really, it's a testament to uh, the team we have at SAP.io and also the leadership and the board sponsorship. As you know, these these um, type of endeavors um, don't act, you know, um, don't get off the ground without, you know, support from an executive level. And we've had that board support, uh, getting that executive mandate, being able to, um, getting the patient capital to help get these type of initiatives off the ground because these are exponential type of endeavors, and then being able to provide creative structures for being able to do things a little bit outside of the corporate norm has been the key to success. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate in being able to not only, you know, be have strong, strong teams, strong partners outside of SAP, but strong leadership within SAP at the board level to, to make this happen. Sure. Sure. Well, Ron, press us forward here, and it actually is going to come back to what you started to talk about with this word platform, a little bit of an elusive word in the venture ecosystem. But um, I, pri I previously had on Microsoft for Startups to talk about a similar question here around help, help us understand SAP's broader vision to better serve specific vertical and industrials is where we spend a lot of our time, um, industrial industries, through what you're calling the industry cloud solutions. And so recent announcements with Honeywell Forge and Connected Building Partnerships. I think I saw Siemens and SAP just furthered their partnership around asset performance management, et cetera. So all of this thrown back to that word platform, where does SAP want to start and stop when partnering with some of these um, industrial incumbents and or startups that you're engaging with in the foundries? Yeah, so great question, right? And so, you know, when we think of platforms are, um, you know, I think is a broad definition today if we think about probably the classic definition of um, an infrastructure, you know, um, an operating system and runtime libraries, that might have been the classic definition when you think about a computing platform, right? And now today, 
it's basically an application plus APIs, right? So, um, and and you and every startup you meet now talks about how they want to be a platform, right? Or they pitch themselves as a platform, and you just think, no, you, I, I just see a feature here, you know, right? Because every, you know, every platform starts with a product. Um, and so when we think about where SAP sees itself, when we think about incumbents like these large partners, like you mentioned, like a Honeywell. Um, or, or perhaps even working with with startups, our role as a platform uh, could, continues to evolve and expand um, based on the nature of the process or processes or the pro that we're supporting, um, and that can tackle um, you know whether it's kind of something which maybe narrow in terms of solving the needs of a particular line of business within a particular customer, or when it's as broad as, say, building and serving an ecosystem as we talk about like business networks, right? So, you know, where SAP sees itself in this platform uh, game is, is, is being able to um, be, support our customers or our partners based on their business needs. In their in their endeavor to serve their own customers or their own ecosystems better, you know we have there's a you know we think about the different planes that comprise the infrastructure at least from an our own business technology platform from an SAP side we have the data plane, the technology the infrastructure plane and the applications plane, and so each one of those you can almost conceive of being a platform in their own right, if you think about for example, you know, within the data plane itself and being able to access that data within SAP's uh, systems um, through and, 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 and being able to via APIs, for example, and then being able to create new business value from that, right? Um, and when we think about then the, on the, the infrastructure, the, the technology plane, being able to leverage business services for example, that SAP that that are native or unique to SAP um, to be able to yeah, extend applications, and then similarly in the applications plane, being able to plug into those applications as well and be able to extend functionality within those applications. Right. So it's um, again, it's about being able to enable our customers or our partners. You know, whether it's a Honeywell, for example, when it comes to you know, so addressing the future of building management to SI partners who may be building new applications or even new businesses within particular industries, um, to even being able to manage complex ecosystems like business networks or and or you know the emerging value chains of the future, who may be connected, say, uh, in part or. Um, in total uh, across SAP systems. Um, I think the how we think about platforms themselves has evolved and continues to evolve. SAP is in a unique position given the amount of business transactions that it touches. I should say transactional data that, that flows through SAP business systems is significant on a global scale. And because of that, we have I think a unique mandate um, from our customers and expectations from our customers to be able to um, 
build platforms uh, and and extend platform functionality differently in a way that we think is going to best serve our customers and our partners. Certainly. And, you know, I think, Ram, you've mentioned multiple times, open ecosystem, integrations, API, partnerships. Um, I think it's just in the ethos, especially around IO of um, the word platform has a lot of definition to it, but how open you guys are to, there's an opportunity for everyone to win here. And we could probably go down a longer discussion about those words individually and how you build an ecosystem. But it's again, a, a hats off to you guys. So I, I would like to spool back, maybe last question for you, Ram. We always love to give some tactical advice back to the founders um, who, who are maybe thinking about approaching you for a, a foundry opportunity or whatever it may be. Um, so the question here is, you know, what gets you excited about these new early stage companies that are that are reaching out to you? And, and I always like to break it apart in maybe give them some keys to success as they approach that conversation and and maybe some common pitfalls or challenges to avoid. Yeah, so I think when I think about the type of founders we that excites me personally are ones with, you know, deep process, deep process expertise, right? If I think about, for example, um, many of the ventures that we've incubated internally within SAP, within the venture studio, um, they are teams that within, you know, they're, they're coming from the business with maybe these are people with 20 years of, of, um, of business process expertise. And they're coming, you know, to, to me or through our entrepreneurship program within the venture studio and saying, hey, I have a view for how this for how this space is going to evolve or how the customer needs of the future are going to evolve and I have a and and um, I think I know how to how to, how to how to tackle this problem and I think there's a great business idea here for it and it doesn't actually suit the rhythms of the core business today because the core business is focused on delivering the innovations required to deliver say the next hundred million next billion in in revenue for the business unit or for the company, but you know may not be as suited from development motions, from resourcing to focus on something which is going to deliver significant value, you know, um, a decade out, but may not be in a position to you know deliver a significant value tomorrow, right? Which is all what startups are. And you know, I'll, I'll just give a plug for what we do at the Venture Studio and building new growth businesses for SAP is really you know focused on enabling those those employees those employee innovators or entrepreneurs to really have an opportunity to build new growth businesses within SAP using that same venture capital mindset um, but and again having that deep business process expertise um, and and understanding of how to build a product really um, gives SAP a unique right to win, especially in complex scenarios that perhaps startups aren't as well equipped to address. Uh, when we think about areas that are complex, you're very familiar with Ty, like in manufacturing and supply chain, um, in networks, for example, um, or in areas where which require a lot of wiring between different applications or different systems, that being able to solve that complexity is something SAP is 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 good at because it is understands probably it's probably the best in the world at being able to solve complex business problems through a deep understanding of of business value uh or sorry of business process at a granular level and then being able to deliver value by transforming that 
understanding and solving that business process. And so a lot of how I thought, thought about then investing or continue to think about investing in entrepreneurial teams or as we kind of invest in our own internal startups at SAP was uh, informed by how we would look at and evaluate teams and startups that we invest outside or support outside of SAP is really having that deep process expertise. So in the world of, I think of enterprise, uh, having that deep process expertise is not, I wouldn't say is is sufficient in its own right or in sometimes you know, isn't necessary, but certainly gives you a leg up on, on the competition. You know, having, if you've lived in a process for an extreme amount of time and understand what needs to be different, because you understand why things are done the way they are today, it's, um, and why, th how things can be different in the future is a big deal. And so, so I'll say that's one. And then the second thing, and I'll, um, and uh, uh, the second thing is really, you know, having a view of the future and then also understanding where you're going to start, right? So, all, you have a big vision as an entrepreneur, you're going to you know, build whatever the, the mega platform to do X as we talk about platforms. Um, and then under, but understanding where you're going to start first along what hypotheses you're going to test and validate or invalidate along that journey. So you know the, the direction that you're going to go is very important. And then I think the third thing we've been talking about platforms, every platform starts, I think, as a product. Again, this comes back to where are you going to start? I want to know specifically the use case you're going to tackle. That applies to the type of teams we invest in internally. That also applies to, as an investor, you as one as well will very well know is, so what are you know, what are you uniquely equipped to tackle and why, and why is this value, valuable to your customer, right? So those are kind of the things that I, I think are interesting to, to entrepreneurs. When it comes to talking from, a, from an investor mindset, when it comes to then approaching a CVC, you know, I think there's also these things kind of people think about, oh, well, we don't want to take CVC money because we've been told not to take strategics too early, but also be mindful as well. Yeah, you've been on both sides of this table, tied. There are some some strengths that CVCs bring um, around working with them and partnering with them. And that is, that is basically, we, uh, you know, um, the corporates have the customers, right? If you're interested in working with a corporate, it's probably because they have customers. It's probably because they can also help you integrate. That's certainly why the team and, and startups want to work with SAP. So I think the rationale for taking strategic money or partnering with a strategic is should be considered, but also be mindful that they're unique in being able to deliver something that very few, I'd say institutionals can deliver. And that's, you know, the roster of customers, which can, you know, certainly accelerate a venture and that holds within SAP that also holds outside of SAP too. Yep. Yep. All, all great advice and couldn't agree with you more can add an enormous amount of value. And I always just tell founders the litmus test is, you know, look at how sophisticated their own internal innovation efforts are. And again, I'll put a plug for you guys, Ron, because you're, you're doing it really well and taking what is a wedge of value product and really trying to think about how you architect that product for the bigger picture, 
toward a platform, open ecosystem, uh, business process experience, and all the data pipes that are flowing in at SAP, you guys can really help them open that aperture and uh, you know do it from an early day perspective. So I uh, couldn't agree with you more. Lots of uh, lots of value to be had there when you we can find the right corporate venture partner for sure. Um, Rom, always love to wrap up here, quick hitters, where we're going to have a rapid fire Q&A. So if you're ready to jump in, we'll get going. I am. Okay. Number one thing you look for when evaluating an early stage startup that's in our world of digital industrial. Uh, business process uh, background. Love it. Stayed true to what we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, one resource, book, podcast, blog, whatever you'd recommend our audience to follow within our ecosystem. There, there, there's a number of them, but I like Stratechery. Um, one person who should be on the podcast. Great question. Oh wow, I had I had a name in mind, and then it, it then it just kind of disappeared. Ed Sim of Bold Start Ventures. That's who I would recommend. Uh, best way for people to reach out to you last year, Rom. Uh, my email, uh, rom.jambunathan at sap.com. Um, so. I'm sure you can find me on LinkedIn as well and, and, and ping me there. And also visit our website at https uh, double slash sap.io. Great. And people can find the foundries opportunities on that same website, Rom? They can find out about our, our, our foundries opportunities. Um, they can also learn about you know, how we do what we do. They can learn about EIR opportunities within the Venture Studio. Um, the, and, and what we, how we build the next growth businesses for SAP, all of that is there on uh, sap.io. Great. Well, really encourage the listeners in the audience to check it out. And Ram, it's always great to get to do these with uh, friends that we've grown up in the ecosystem and uh, keep trying to build it uh, together. So thank you for jumping on Heavy Hitters. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. And it's been a real honor.